Would you please stand as we read today's scripture together? It is from the 34th chapter of the Psalms, verse 8. We're talking about comfort food today. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Please be seated. I apologize in advance if you're hungry because I'm going to make you hungrier. On a rainy day, it's tomato soup and a grilled cheese sandwich. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anytime it's chocolate. Amen? I know I'm getting an amen from the ladies in the house. It might be for others, their grandmother's biscuits. <laughs> I'm hearing a stop down here in the front. Whatever your comfort food is, you know what it is. And, and I've, I've, I've worked on my trainer with this because my list of comfort foods isn't really on his list of healthy things. And, and he's told me if it's in moderation... If I have a need for something, go ahead and get it, but get it and be done with it and move on. But there's sometimes when we just want a particular thing, sometimes it's Lay's potato chips. You just never know what it's going to be. It's kind of like Brooke was talking about. Linus has his security blanket in the Peanuts cartoon, and they te- Charles Schultz was a master at reading our minds about what comforted us. Think about the Peanuts thanksgiving episode they have the ping pong table out they have the chairs that fold up on them and on the table they have jelly beans buttered toast and popcorn and pretzels i I forgot and pretzels see see that's great comfort food we have comfort food not only when we're down or when we're troubled but when times are good and we give thanksgiving And we come together and we sit around the table together and there's a comfort food that's served that's not in a dish. It's that of the fellowship around the table and the love that is around the table. That's the kind of comfort food we're going to talk about today. But if y'all want to think about chocolate or something in the meantime, that's okay too. Biscuits and sausage gravy. There you go. Isaiah... Chapter 40, verse 1 says, Comfort, comfort my people, says the Lord. We are called to be a people who minister, to, people, to be a people who use our hands, our feet, our resources, our minds, our hearts, all in ways that honor and glorify God and the compassion that he has shown to us as we give it back to others In Matthew chapter 28, we read these words of Christ. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
Christ wanted us to go out and not only teach and baptize, but part of that teaching, part of the baptismal covenant is a covenant to love, to step forward in a way that is comforting, in a way that is fulfilling not just for the people we are serving, but in a way that, as a bonus, we receive back. It's always a joy to me to be able to give. When, I, when we pray the prayer, the Lord's Prayer, we say, give us this day our what? Daily bread. That's right. Just like the Israelites prayed for sustenance in the wilderness, we ask God through this prayer to give us our daily bread. Part of giving us our daily bread is us giving it to others who may be in need, who may just simply need an ear or a shoulder. It's no coincidence that when life events happen, there is food served. Think of the baby shower or the wedding shower. There's always food. The wedding has cake and fruits and nuts, and sometimes it has a dinner served with it. But there is food as part of the celebration. We come on Wednesday nights and celebrate all that's going on in life. Sometimes it's a birthday, and oh, you should see the kids when they get their birthday <clears throat> birthday cake. Oh, they're so excited. And that's older kids, too. And we also have homecomings, and we have different events in the life of the church, and we bring our best dishes to share with others. For my grandmother, it was always her homemade, from scratch, apple pie with apples from the trees in the yard. I miss that more than probably I miss any of her cooking. It was the perfect apple pie. We come on the first Sunday of each month to a table, the altar table. We come to receive the bread, the juice, and a feast of grace, a feast that brings comfort to our souls, to our hearts, to our lives, and we come seeking to give ourselves as part of that meal, as a living sacrifice, confessing our sins before the Lord, coming before him, and asking him to transform us. <clears throat> we come in so many different ways to the table. One of the things that I want to talk to you about today, and this this sermon initiated from the missions meeting that we had, and I had Kathy Wilson come up and help me today so that those who don't know who she is, she's um, the lay leader for the missions piece, and she and I work together on that. I'm the staff person assigned to that, and she and I work together on this. If you hear anything today that you want to take part in, find us. Find somebody on the missions team. Let us know what you want to do. We will put you to work serving for Christ. But we thought that the church should know what we're doing in the way of bringing comfort food to the world. So today we're going to talk a little bit about that. One of the things that has provided comfort food for me has been missions. From the time that I was a teenager and worked with migrant farm workers in Maryland, and we had the little ring cookies that you can put on your pinky and run around with and 
then you eat when you're ready to eat them. And we had Kool-Aid, and we had it out in the middle of an open field. You would have thought we had set a table of the finest foods ever because that was served with love. When I went to the Philippines for missions, I thought that we were the ones going to serve, and yet we ended up being served. I'll never forget the children at the Gilead Children's Home as they played beneath the mango trees. And we had picnic tables there, and it's as picturesque as it sounds. It's just a beautiful place to be. And here are these children whose parents have abandoned them or something along those lines has led them there. And they were so excited that somebody would just come to see them and have a meal with them. They began to pick mangoes for us, and they took them to the workers there, and they would slice them up. And if you want a slice of heaven, that's it. That's the closest thing to tasting heaven that I've known. And we, we had that. We had hollow hollow. You need, to, you need to have these things. It's hollow hollow. It's, um, it's just it's ensamadas. It's the best food in the world. And one of the things they do there is they provide comfort to you through food and hospitality through food. You do not leave the Philippines mission trip hungry. You come back going, okay, trainer, I need three or four extra sessions this next few weeks and months because I ate far more than I should have. But it's love that is being served to you. We have some opportunities that are coming up. We have crock-pot chili cook-off, and yes, it's as good as it sounds. Amen? If you have been, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you need to come. It's a treat. It's the one missions fundraiser that we set aside during the year, and last year we were entertained by Andy Griffith and crew. This year we're going to have some bluegrass music, but we're going to have the bonus of serving up comfort food in the form of blessing bags, pillowcases with a drawstring that can go on a shoulder that have items like soap or hand wipes, a toothbrush, toothpaste, tissues. There's a list posted around the church you can find and there are boxes to place those items in and we're going to have an assembly line like we did with Stop Hunger Now. You get to choose the best chili and there's a coveted apron that will be given away at the end Michelle's got her hand up over here. She's, she's wanting that apron. There are others who want it too. But we come that night because we come to show our heart for mission, to show our heart for what we can take into the world. We come and we feast together and we fellowship together in case you don't get enough on January 30th with the chili crockpot cook-off, the chicken queue is on February 6th. Angel House benefits from that. It's, it's a ministry that we support through the church for young foster girls that, that, that are taken away from their families for whatever reason. And this is a benefit for them. You can come get barbecue there. Yes, I'm making you hungry, I know. I'm making me hungry too. So, But we have so many ways that we can offer comfort to the community. 
The United Methodist Children's Home is beginning to turn its focus to foster care. You'll hear more about it in the coming months, but we want to do a comprehensive care program from, from helping with landscaping to transportation to possibly respite care for families that are taking a vaca vacation out of state. They can't take the foster children across state lines, so they, they need care here. Different ways that we can benefit them, ways like Angel House ways that we can continue to support those groups. One of the reasons that children's ministries often have food programs is because children can't learn and function and grow if they're hungry. I don't do well when I'm hungry, do you? There's something in the Methodist church that we call prevenient grace. It's a stirring within our heart, it's a stirring within our soul it's a hunger for our creator, a desire to know the one who made us. There's a hunger in the world, not only for food so we can function, but to know God. When we can step forward as the family of faith and offer that kind of food and let them know that along with it comes the love of God, that God cares about them, not only God cares about them, but they're complete strangers who care about them. It can cause a ripple effect that is just absolutely incredible. We, as a church, participate in so many ways in mission, and I won't be able to name all of them, but I do want to name some today. We have a job network that meets monthly to help those who are in need of employment, who are either unemployed or underemployed, who are seeking to network. They may have, if you have openings, please let, let myself, let Billy Arnold, let Andy Whitlock know. Um, we have a Parkinson's support network where Parkinson's patients come and they learn different ways of living better. We have a wheelchair ramp ministry we, we contribute to Bridging the Gap, One Roof, the Food Pantry, to children's homes like Murphy Harpst and Angel House, to Aldersgate Homes, to the Boys and Girls Club. This past year, we were able to assist River Life with the purchase of a trailer so that they can go and, and serve in a better and greater capacity as we partner with them in ministry. We contribute in ways of support and prayer, and if, if there's a supply need or something like that, we also work with them on that for foreign missions in South Africa, in Europe, and Italy, in El Salvador through our district missions. We're building a school there, and there's a trip coming up. Be in prayer for our district mission team, February 13th is the week, uh, that week is the week that our team is going, and there are people from all the different churches in the district that are, that are going, and so we contribute to help them not only through our resources, but through our prayers. We do creative ministry with that trip as a district. One of the things that we do is each church is asked to give $100, and it covers the supplies for the trip. It's an amazing way of, of sharing the load. We come together in, in ways in our community 
that are absolutely incredible. Last year, I had the privilege of watching, despite a rainy season, the building of a Habitat House, of meeting the young mother and her two children who would live in the home, who now live in the home, and know that it was built with the greatest hearts and love and hope for a, for a good life together. Stop Hunger Now. Who's helped with Stop Hunger Now? I'm going to ask right over here. Is it fun? Tell them amen if it's fun. Say it out loud. Amen. She's quiet. She can say it louder. Amen. It's fun. It's come, we come together. You see energy. You see hope. And there's competition who, over who gets to hit the, the gong when we hit 1,000 meals. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And so we come together and we comfort ourselves. We find ourselves comforted by pizza after Stop Hunger Now often. It's no wonder that God offers different ways of referring to the love that he gives us. It's no wonder that he refers to Evidence of a fruitful life through fruits of the Spirit. When we find ourselves hurting, when we find ourselves lost, we often want that comfort item. My mother has a blanket on her bed that has red birds on it. She loves red birds, and her neighbor just wanted her to be warm. It's not the blanket that's keeping her warm, but she loves it and she uses it every single day. When we give, when we give of ourselves, not just, not just of our resources, but of ourselves, when we go and put ourselves out there, wonderful things happen. I'm blessed to work with the confirmation group every year. And this, uh, this year at the Glow Run, there was so much excitement, and there were children, there was a stage, there was dancing, there was running, there was walking, all to bring attention to the needs in the community and to benefit Bridging the Gap. If you've never gone by Bridging the Gap on a Saturday morning, just drive by sometime. You'll be amazed to see the number of vehicles there, the number of people there, who come not only to receive help, but to receive a word from God. As churches come in and feed and minister, as churches come in and offer hope. There are so many events during the year, so many different ways that you can help. We even have a ministry that helps disabled children by partnering them with horses and they get to learn, and, and you'd be amazed to see the child that constantly trembles become still and calm when it's with the animal. God's creation is majestic, and it is wonderful, and he sets before us a feast of comfort that is absolutely incredible. He sets before us a love that is contagious. I had... 
two boys in my home for a while. I was a guardian to them for a few years. Some of you know uh, that story. Um, and they were so excited the very first Christmas that I had them. The prior Christmas, they had received a watch and a bicycle and a shirt. And that was their gift through the Christmas program for foster children. And Christmas was coming up, and they brought home a flyer from school, and, and they were beginning to see their presents under the tree. And they said, we're, we're glad those presents are there, but can we do something for the kids that don't have anything? I couldn't say anything for a minute because it just took me back. And I said, absolutely, let's go. I said, where do y'all want to go shopping? And, of course, they said Walmart. And, and I gladly gave them permission to go to the toy section that day. I, don't, I didn't always do that. But that day I was like, let's go for it. Let's go to the toy section. And we all went enthusiastically to the toy section. And we wrapped the gifts and we got them ready and we took them to the school on Sunday morning. And the boys stopped me. And they said, just a minute. And I said, what's going on? And I looked, and they both had just tears just pouring down their cheeks. And I was like, what's wrong? I was like, what, what happened? I was like, you know, this has been a great morning. Y'all are so excited about the gifts. And they just said, we're usually the one getting the gifts. We never thought we would get to give anything. My attitude about giving changed in that moment. When I had felt overwhelmed because I had one other thing on my to-do list to pick up toiletries for a mission drive, or, and it could just be a chaotic week. It wasn't that big a deal to do it, but it just, I would get overwhelmed and I would start thinking if I, you know, gosh, what can I take off my list here? Mm-mm. All of a sudden I realized just what I had taken for granted. I didn't realize that the greatest gift could be giving. That the greatest food I could offer might not be served in a dish or prepared in a kitchen, but it would be food for the soul. When we seek it, when we take it in at the altar, when we begin to give it back, There's a banquet unlike any other in this world that is served. A banquet that can only come through the grace and the love of God. It changes lives. changes hearts. It changes our world. Tomorrow we have a holiday to honor a person whose heart was changed by Christ. Who led a movement in our history that has made us a better country. And we come to that day, some of us to rest, some of us are working. doesn't matter what we're doing. We can all celebrate the freedom that God has given us in some way. Let's set a table this year. As events are posted throughout the year, for missions, for ministry in the church, sign up. You don't know what you're missing. We have some new confirmation leaders this year who have stepped in and they've said these kids are absolutely 
incredible. They're on a mission. These leaders don't know it, but years from now, when these kids are down, or they have a question, or something's bothering them, they're going to go find them on a Sunday morning, and they're going to say, you know, you helped me in confirmation. I really need to talk to somebody. They're going to become a source of comfort. Brooke was right when she said at the end that whatever our comfort item is, or our, and I'll add to that, whatever our comfort food is, it can't top the comfort that God gives us through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, through his love that he has for us. And so it is that as a people that we will go to God this year to serve, to seek, to give. Would you pray with me? Lord, we come before you eager to be a people who serve all that we encounter in your name. We come not only to serve the widow and the orphan, the least and the lost, but the person next to us in line, the person right there in front of us. We come seeking to have your heart, your hands, to be your witness. We come as the church, the family of faith. Let us gather around the table and fellowship and be comforted by not only the food on the table, but the love that is served. It's in your name that we pray.